Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is your White Claw Ambassador. And I want you to sit down, pop open that mango, and listen to Billy and the Crab on BNK Radio. Cheers. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another fine Tuesday evening. And if you're with us, as always, this is another episode of Billy and the Krev. I am Bill Nye, the Fantasy Guy, accompanied by my cohort, Mr. Eric Kravit. Kravit, if I guess I should be playing like somber music because this week was like the Black Death came across the NFL. It came across my fantasy teams. It came across the NFL. And if I had a little violin, I'd be playing it right about now. I've never seen this show, but I feel like this is what the Red Wedding felt like in Game of Thrones. Ah, uh, there's a little bit more bloody, a little bit more bloody. Um, I mean, it's the NFL. It doesn't get much more bloody than that. And it definitely had the appropriate level of shock factor. I will say yeah. that. Uh, yeah. Make sure to catch us on social media, facebook.com backslash BNK radio on Twitter at BNK radio and Kravit. We're yes. not allowed to have nice things, and we're going to start the show with the season-ending injury to Brees Hall. Do we have to? We do, because it, literally this week, with all the events that happen, we're going to get into the rest of them. My one fantasy team, which I was the leader in points, I was first for a few weeks, is gone completely crippled, and this is one of the main reasons. I mean, I guess so, but you're also a cripple in general, so I feel like your fantasy teams aren't sort of just mimicking you in real life. No, no, no. If I'm being completely honest. But getting back to the real life implications of uh, of this Brees Hall and and Elijah Vera Tucker, he's not fantasy relevant, but my God, being a New York Jets fan has been so bittersweet for the last 48 hours, man. Beat the Denver Broncos, a game a lot of people thought we would lose just because, LOL, same old Jets, backup quarterback, good defense, recipe for disaster for the Jetropolitans. Most of the time, those are the kind of games we normally lose. We won that game, which is mind-blowing. Breeze had an incredible run. Mind-blowing. And then we lose him. Yep. And then we lose Vera Tucker for yep. the year. Yep. yep. And... All of all of the hope that we felt for the first time in what feels like a decade for the New York Jets has been sucked away from us. It's like popping a balloon. All of our hopes and dreams for this team, at least for this year, and recovering from an ACL injury isn't necessarily something terribly easy to do. 
No. It, it, for for Brees anyway, it might be bad moving forward. Vera Tucker is an elbow injury. That'll be maybe a little bit easier to come back from. But those were, quite frankly, two best players on offense. Yep, it sucked. And Brees being out, Michael Carter has to step up. And the team did just trade for James Robinson. Who? who Mr. James Robinson who? will be a factor there as well. I'm not answering your question oh, the third time. I can't help your deafness. Anyway, that was one of the big injuries, but a few others. DK Metcalf got carted off with a knee injury. Pete Carroll still hasn't ruled him out this week, which is shocking to me. I expect him to miss at least a week, but at least it doesn't seem like it's a long-term thing for DK. Uh, Mike Williams had to be helped off the field. He's out multiple weeks with an ankle injury. The same with David and Joku. Matt Ryan has a shoulder injury as well. Now, not only that, we did come to learn that the backup Ellinger is going to start not only for Matt Ryan this week, but the rest of the season moving forward. What does that do for JT, for Pittman, Pierce, Campbell, any of the tight ends, Dion, when he decides to make an appearance? I mean, everybody on that team is, is has seen their fantasy value take a huge hit. At least to me. Are you sure? I mean, last week, Matt Ryan threw the ball 58 times and everybody ate. Two weeks ago, I should say, not last week. I'm still operating on week five, week six, because week seven for me was such a goddamn cluster. Um, Everybody ate week six. They looked like me week six. They were full. They were happy, not healthy. I, I don't know if Ellinger can really sustain that. He was a mobile quarterback. So... A mobile quarterback with an offensive line that is not playing as well as it should be. You have Jonathan Taylor in the backfield, Naheem Hines in the backfield, Deion Jackson in the backfield, who only got on the field twice, only had two touches this past weekend. Pittman didn't have a great game. Jailani Woods didn't have his first reception until the fourth quarter, and he's somebody that they're really trying to implement into the red zone offense. Harris Campbell was the star of that game, and he's somebody we're going to get into a little bit later on in the show. But I can't imagine anybody on this team actually gains value from Sam Ellinger actually becoming the starting quarterback for the rest of the year. It's not even until Matt Ryan gets better. This is a move that's going to keep it's going to he's going to be the starting quarterback until 2023. Um, I mean, I kind of disagree with you because Matt Ryan has been really bad. Now you praise him for, you know, kind of maybe being able to read a, de- read a defense and kind of keep things like in perspective. But when you look at how he's actually played, he's been really bad this year. And part of it is because their offensive line has been great, but he's immobile. So he's just taking sacks, throwing it away. I feel like this may actually breathe life into the offense and a quarterback on the move when you have guys moving downfield like Pierce, Campbell uh, and Pittman, that may be, you know, even more beneficial so because they've been getting bad quarterback play i'm not necessarily ready to say that this is an absolute dead lock of a decrease in production for any of them are you saying this because you are somebody who has quite a number of shares in colts players are you saying this because you actually believe it and if you do believe it who do you think is actually going to see increased production i have no idea i'm just saying i don't think it's a death sentence the current um way we view the colts players i need to see it for a week or two to kind of really gauge that but i'm just saying everyone's assuming there's going to be a decrease in production across the board where right now i'm not ready to say that that is all i'm saying 
that this could could be a benefit. It could be the same, but I'm not ready to say just because you're going to a different quarterback, it's going to be a bad thing because Matt Ryan was not necessarily a good thing. So it can't get that much worse. And I say that, but it obviously could. I don't necessarily expect it to where like I'm absolutely confident that's going to happen. It could get better. It could stay the same. It could get worse. But I'm saying it's not as locked to just be worse. I think let's take a step back and let's see what happens. I guess so. I, I mean, I, you're see, you're you're thinking that Matt Ryan's been good. No, 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 no. I have not been thinking Matt Ryan has been good. So then I'm thinking really I'm thinking that, that my bad. Matt Ryan has been an NFL quarterback for a long time. And like you said, he's able to read the defense. He's able to do a lot of things that Ellinger might not necessarily be able to do. So but he can keep plays alive a lot better than Matt Ryan. I get like I mean, I hope you're right. I'm not sitting here trying to rain on your parade or yucky yum or anything like that. I'm not trying to do that. Yeah, but I've had enough this week. I can't take much more. Okay, so that's what I was waiting for. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, exactly what I was waiting for. Um, but we 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 buried the lead a little bit after we talk about Matt Ryan, not Matt Ryan, Matt uh, Mike Williams, uh, high ankle sprain out for a few weeks. Real tough for the Chargers offense. They have not been able to get anything going outside of Austin Eckler, who's on pace to tie Christian McCaffrey's all-time running back receptions record this year. Well, so he they got kind of Keenan Allen back this week, but really he'll be back after the bye. They are on bye this week. So luckily, Williams one week is taken by that. But yeah, no, did not look good. He's been inconsistent up and down this year. And basically that whole team is, which really shouldn't shock us because even when everything's supposed to go right for the Chargers, somehow they're going to finish 8-9, and nine, like, again, every year. Like, that's fully what I expect. And they paid big money for J.C. Jackson, and he just tore his kneecap, and he's done for the year. So bad luck just kind of follows this team. Not quite on Jet level or historically Cleveland Brown level, but it's, it's, it's there. Those kind of suck. You're not wrong. And I'm I, I, a lot of people picked the Chargers to be a sexy Super Bowl team because that defense was supposed to be great. They're awful against the run and they lost JC Jackson. So they're going to be terrible against the pass moving forward. Austin Eckler is averaging 50 yards a game on the ground. He had one great game having to be against me. One great game. Other than that game, he's averaging 39 and a half yards on the ground. But he's been scoring touchdowns, eight touchdowns over the last four weeks, which is incredible. And he's catching the ball out of the backfield. Other than Austin Eckler, that team's got nothing. And we'll touch on that a little bit later on the show as well. We go over our midway points, MVPs, and LVPs. The, 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 the Chargers offense has been abysmal. Um, we do need to talk about uh, James Robinson to the Jets a little bit more in depth, if that's okay with you, because that's our team. And James RB1SZN is my boy. We have to. I am still unsure about how it's going to work. They obviously feel that Michael Carter is not able to be a bell cow, just kind of either it's he's not explosive enough, which he does lack a little bit, but he's very solid, you know, top to bottom in every aspect. But what Robinson can possibly give you is more of a bruiser running through the middle of the line. And I don't really think right now he kind of has his old burst back coming back from the Achilles. But I definitely think it's a much better compliment than Ty Johnson would be. I mean, you would be a better compliment than Ty Johnson at this point. I mean, Ty wasn't bad, but I'm not saying he was bad. 
We just don't really need to see it. I'm just saying that you would be a better compliment than Ty Johnson. And that's it. A little bit. But the biggest thing that happened last week happened after we recorded probably one of the biggest trades in, I'll say it, in NFL history. Well, definitely one of the biggest midseason trades. Yes, in that's NFL what I mean. History. Before yes. the trade deadline. And trades. one that actually impacts fantasy. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't a corner. It wasn't like an offensive lineman. This is a big one that directly affects fantasy. You want to say it? No, please be, be my guest. All right. Do I have to? Fine. I will say it. Christian McCaffrey has gone home to San Francisco. If you've been living under a rock, just wanted to let you know. Now, this has many moving parts. So let's try to recap everything that it does mean. Moving forward, Christian McCaffrey was putting up RB1 numbers. We expect that to get a lot better even in this offense with this offensive system and this head coach. Beyond that, what it does as far as affecting other players. I am one of those people that have been holding on to Elijah Mitchell, hoping that he would come back in a few more weeks and be a big contributor. I dropped him because now that CMC is there, that is just very evidently not going to happen. He would be a supporting role, uh, assuming CMC stays healthy. Other people it affects, obviously, it frees up running back touches over in Carolina. And that pretty much went to Dante Foreman and Chubba Hubbard. We'll get a little bit more into them for waiver ads, just in case they were missed in over this past week. But CMC getting traded to San Francisco, they are now running Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, and Brandon Ayuk. Holy hell. And they're still three and four. They're still below 500. Like they half of the league. The Chiefs, and I get it. I understand. The Chiefs are crazy. They had half a week of CMC. I understand. That team is terrifying. That team is scary. And half the reason they got CMC, if reports are to be believed, was to keep him from going to the Rams. Nuts. Yeah. I mean, I don't, he would be a very good compliment in a Rams offense, but their lack of offensive line would scare the hell out of me. The fact it, wouldn't, is, it wouldn't scare me for a second. Christian McCaffrey would break his own record for running back receptions. Yeah, possibly. No, no, not possibly. It's something that would absolutely happen. I don't know. Cooper Cup does take up a lot of catches. Maybe not if Christian McCaffrey is there. Let me tell you, <laughs> you would you would be the saddest person in the room if McCaffrey. Was you see, you're to the assuming Rams. that McCaffrey would get the touches over Cup. That's not a fair assumption. <laughs> you don't give up the kind of capital to get a guy He's like Christian Cooper McCaffrey. Cup. Christian McCaffrey. We're talking about the best running back and the best uh, wide receiver in fantasy. Let's not get crazy. They're both going to kill each other for the same ball probably thrown in the general direction the ball dive for it 10 feet away and try to come up with yeah it It, it would you would you would be the saddest person in the room because you have so much cup luckily that did not happen so let's move on okay they're also getting trent williams back this week so on top of it that team just looks scary moving forward the only thing that crossed my mind is like can you imagine if this was still being helmed by trey lance and it was just a mess at the same time uh, they wouldn't have traded for McCaffrey if Trey Lance was still the quarterback. Interesting. You don't think so? With all the running that Trey Lance was supposed to be doing, uh, you, you you think they would still try to trade for Christian McCaffrey? And If part of the reason hamstr- was to keep him away from the Rams, I kind of think, yeah. And, and and to hamstring their quarterback? Like, the reason they have... Well, why would that hamstring their quarterback? Because all of those running... All those design runs for Trey Lance might not have been might not be there if they have christian mccaffrey i'm sorry what position does he play 
you play as quarterback. Ah, uh, so we have saying. to manage the game and throw the ball, run the but ball. But that's do not all that why thing. they drafted Trey Lance to be a Trey quarterback, Lance, not to uh, just run. I mean, they didn't. They didn't draft him because he's an accurate thrower. They didn't draft him because he's a potentially game-changing quarterback. I would hope they would do that. You would hope so, but I guarantee you that's not what they did. Well, then they're all very, very, very stupid people. We, we've we seen this with the 49ers multiple times. They yeah. had a solid running game. Wilson was admirable. They were going to get Elijah Mitchell back. They drafted TDP. They had Tevin Coleman, who had a nice game for them when he was back. They had a complimentary running game to go with Jimmy Garoppolo. And I'm not sitting here saying that Christian McCaffrey doesn't improve the team because you know, God damn well, he improves the team for this year, but you're seeing the 49ers take the Rams approach and they're saying, fuck them picks, take our picks. We don't want them. We're going to try to compete for a championship now, but the way I see it, that's an issue because I don't think they're the best team right now in their own division. Oh, they absolutely are. Numbers don't lie. Will. Who is it? Right now, the team that's in first place in the NFC West? Uh, yeah, no, that's not going to last. I'm not worried about that. Well, not not with a DK injury, but it's the Geno Smith-led uh, Seattle Seahawks. Even with the DK injury, I feel like that's going to end up crumbling. I mm. do not see that holding on. All right. All right. But okay. it's, it's definitely indicative of the kind of year this has been very up and down. A changing of the guard year, if you might consider it so hence because the giants are six and one the jets are five and two. Oh, by the way tom brady and aaron Rodgers are on their practical or their figurative deathbeds of their nfl careers at this point crazy can you imagine getting divorced from a supermodel to miss the playoffs yeah what was it all for <laughs> tough questions um we do get into waiver ads this week and kravit i mentioned two running backs we were both able to pick up some ownerships of them in places um, Dante Foreman and Chubba Hubbard, pretty relatively even split. Hubbard got the start, had a little bit um, more touches. But what do you make of that situation? I think that if Hubbard didn't have an ankle injury, it would have been more skewed in Hubbard's favor. But Dante Foreman and Chubba Hubbard, like you said, both had admirable games. Foreman had the touchdown. But Chubba Hubbard and Foreman both were pretty heavily involved in a game that was supposed to be completely out of hand. And it did, but on the complete opposite side somehow the buccaneers who were coming into the week the best team against the run let up over 35 combined points to chuba hubbard and on to foreman dj moore is gonna have a career renaissance with pj walker who earned another start this week moving forward are you kidding me what happened to the bucks will Pretty much, I think most of it comes down to the offensive line being in shambles, and it's finally caught up with them. Part of it is on Tom Brady, who looks a little bit off. Doesn't help when Mike Evans drops a walk-in touchdown. But beyond that, you know, right now, they can't run the ball. And they're getting backed up into third and longs, and then they're trying to ask Tom Brady to bail them out at 45. And Tom Brady is still Tom Brady when everything is running fine around him. And when it's not, you kind of see that things aren't running so smoothly. Now they have Evans back. They have Godwin. Those guys are fine. Julio not quite back yet. But you still have Fournette. You have the pieces around Brady, except that offensive line is still a mess. 
And until you get Jensen back and you get some of these guys back, you know, mid-season into the late part of the season, they're still going to be a mess. Do you think that if they are a mess moving forward, let's say week 11, week 12 comes along, they aren't a playoff team. Do they start Kyle Trask? Do they start Rashad White? And do they move on from the guard that they have now? You can say the same about Green Bay. There are rumors flying that uh, Aaron Rodgers might retire at the end of the year. Do you see what you have in Jordan Love? Do you take the reins from these literal legends in the twilight of their careers and say, you did your best. We got to move on. We have to make our team better. So basically, you're asking if they get the Eli treatment. Yes, actually. Hmm. Ultimately, I don't think so. I think these guys have too much pride to accept that situation. I think maybe the last game of the year, if they're both teams are hypothetically out of it, then you would see something. But I think they're going to fight as long as there's still hope until they're both eliminated. And then I very well could see both of them leaving this year, which would then basically mean unequivocally the old guard is officially gone. And this is the league of, you know, Mahomes and Allen until further notice. Like, that's basically what that would mean. I feel like we're already there. We're probably already there. But I just mean, like, it's official. Like, Brady and Rodgers are the last two of the old regime of the 2000s and the 2010s. Okay. And now it is squarely like those two guys, even though we're kind of there already. But just saying. We Um, got off track. Pick up Gus Edwards if he's still on your waiver wire. And let us join that league. (laughs) Let's do it now. Go ahead. Put us on pause if you're listening to us on night of release. Go to your waiver wire. Put in a claim for Gus Edwards. And then come back and listen to the rest of the show. Do that right now. Thank you for your time. Um, Gus Edwards killed it operating as the lead back uh, for the Raiders. So much so that Lamar Jackson only threw the ball 16 times. And Lamar Jackson is in a contract year. He had a terrible game. But when you force a former MVP quarterback to throw the ball 16 times and you still win the game with your running game, Kenyon Drink had 11 carries for five yards. Justice Hill did not look incredible. That was the Gus Bus show. And I feel like until Dobbins' knee is healthy, and it might not be healthy again, the injury coming off of an ACL, like that's not good. It's the Gus Bus Moving forward, hop on the magic Gus bus, man. Tell Miss Frizzle and Liz and all, all the entire gang, it's time to shine. Yeah, it's going to be his show even if and when Dobbins comes back. They split time, you know, two years ago, then they both got hurt. But the way you hear the coaching staff talk about Edwards, they really do like him more as the primary back. Now, he's not going to add as much as far as passing game work, at least at this point. That could change. But I do expect he is going to be the running back to own. And Dobbins, like during the process of rehab, Dobbins ACL was always in question, even going back to OTAs. Like they weren't sure how quickly he was going to come along. And then he got delayed at the beginning of the year, finally came back. And now he's out again with a knee injury. And you never heard a word about Edwards. Like he was on pace. And then as soon as he was ready and eligible to come off IR after a few weeks of practicing, he just ran right into it. And there's no real issues. There are going to be a few weeks, possibly, until he's fully ready to handle the majority of all the snaps. But I do feel like that's where we're going with this. Okay. But as guys are coming back from injuries, there are also guys to pick up because other people are getting hurt. And 
you know, DK may not even miss a game, but I would heavily expect he'd miss at least one. And last week for your Seattle Seahawks and Geno Smith and all that, Marquise Goodwin was a revelation last week. It's kind of sad if you think about it, that Marquise Goodwin is the reason why the Seattle Seahawks receiving core was saved. Only five targets, that's a little bit low. Caught four of them for 67 yards, and of course, the reason we're talking about him, half of his receptions were for touchdowns, right? Up against the Chargers defense without J.C. Jackson, who got hurt. It is J.C. Jackson, right? I'm not mispronouncing that. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm remembering correctly, just making sure. This year, not this year, this week, they get the Giants, which is so weird to say oh god the Giants got the third fewest receiving points to wide receivers all year long the best performance against them this year to so far is cd who had eight for 87 and a touchdown all the way back in week three have yet to give up a 100 yard receiving game this year randall cobb of all people came close with 99 but outside of that the Giants are pretty close. The, the, they've only given up three wide receiver touchdowns all year long. And hilariously, one of those was the DJ Moore. It's it's very weird because the Giants defense is all coaching and the sum of its parts. Because Kravitz, to be for the life of me, I couldn't tell you a single DB on the Giants. Adoree Jackson. But on top of that, that's the entire Giants team. The entire Giants team is just what good coaching can do you could say the same about the jets to a certain extent i think they have more talent on the offensive side of the ball and on the defensive side of the ball but other than Brees, and you know we're not going to get ourselves sad again there are no world beaters on that roster on the offensive side of the ball when it comes to skill position that team is a team because of the coaching both of those new jersey teams gross are, are the sum of their parts because of the coaching. But if you if you need somebody who you think is going to get a few receptions, Marquise Goodwin is a nice place to start. There is one bright spot in Tampa Bay. It is not Mike Jordan Howard Evans. It is not Chris Godwin. It's not Julio Jones. It's a tight end because Cameron Brait cannot stay healthy. The rookie, I don't want to say sensation, but doing just enough, Cade Otten is having himself quite the nice year if Um, i could just pull him up for a second over the last three weeks he has over 30 fantasy points saw seven targets uh week five against pittsburgh only five against baltimore caught four of them for 64 that's tight end one numbers which is sad but that's a tight end one if i've ever seen one if he's available pick him up yeah and i told you to keep an eye on him a few weeks ago and then break got hurt and you know, Brady loves the tight ends and, you know, he's going to keep finding them. He didn't get, I don't think he got any of his points until the second half of the week this past week, which was a little scary. But the fact is Brady, when in trouble, is going to look for a tight end. And right now he's the only one that he has. So you you can trust on Tom Brady to try to find his tight end. The thing I hate about this week is Baltimore versus Tampa Bay on Thursday Night Football. You know how we feel about Thursday Night Football and the fact that both of us have so many players tied into this game is unnerving to say the least and what's worse is in the league that matters most we play each other i concede nope you're not allowed to concede okay we're not doing that that hasn't been a thing in years since my championship reign people have not been able to concede and they're not allowed to concede i should note that 
just it, on paper because of some of the injuries I sustained last week. It does favor Kravitz a little bit. For the most part, we have our teams intact, and I am the top scoring team in the league, and he is number three. I'm really the number, still the number three scoring team in the league. Yeah, the debacle. Um, yeah, the uh, well, I didn't score That's that much. So this sad. Week, but um, our right, friend, don't, don't look. I don't want. I don't our, want no, to no. Look. Our friend Philly is only two points behind me now. Two points behind you. Yes. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Moving on, you got to pick up Harris Campbell. We mentioned him earlier. Dude was a target hog. Finally, this past weekend, people have been talking about Paris Campbell forever. Actually, one of our Twitter uh, Twitter friends, we'll call him a Twitter friend, Andrew Keep, Andrew Cooper at Coop Fiasco, I believe. Incredible tight end analyst. If you need somebody who uh, knows the tight end, the position better than almost anybody at Coop Fiasco, he'll tell you a tight end to start every week of the season. He has been calling Paris Campbell this year's Amon Ross St. Brown for weeks now. And for the past two weeks, he's amassed 23 targets. 17 receptions, 127 yards, and two touchdowns. Granted, it's against Jacksonville and Tennessee, not the best of the not the best defenses in the world. But if you're seeing 23 targets over two weeks, I don't care who you're playing against. I don't care who you're playing for. I'm gonna try to get you on my team because targets are king. And in a full PPR league, that's an additional potential 23 points and he's converted those for 17 receptions well yep nope he right now is just a target whore it's just an ever-evolving dynamic with the indie offense so it does come with a grain of salt especially with a quarterback change i think pretty much outside of jt and Pittman, who has been acting as the wide receiver one, you have to allow for a little leeway, you know, determining you know what pierce to expect from him what to expect from campbell any of the tight ends or even Naheem Hines, who is also back now. I think JT's the only true safe one, and everyone else is in a little bit of state of flux. Okay. Kravit, we are at the midpoint of the season now. We are. And we have a couple guys for first half MVP. So we have some suggestions. And in the last few weeks, Kenneth Kenneth Walker has uh, taken over. This the hurts. backfield in Seattle, thanks to the Rashad Penny injury. This hurts and Kravitz, since he has been the starting running back, he has been an absolute monster. I don't want to talk about it. Can we move on, please? Okay. By the way, Kravitz traded him away. And Kravitz, your boy, Mr. Pierce. Is yes, it, we could talk is, about Damian is, Pierce. Is Damian Pierce on the radar for we could talk about damian pierce damian pierce is the only reason i traded away kenneth walker i got debo samuel back who's nursing a hamstring injury but we won't talk about that and then trades for cmc also which cuts into his workload yeah i don't want to talk about it anyway but over the past four games damian pierce has seen 20 carries 75 percent of the time he Scored three touchdowns over his last four games. He was game scripted out of the game in, against the Raiders and still ended up with over 15 and a half points. It's very rare that a rookie running back will assume the workhorse role without an injury making way for it. Because that's how Kenny, Kenny Walker got his role, of course. But Damian Pierce is that guy. He is a dog. He, he's a monster. That's really all there is to it. And... People were able to get him late, in, not late, but in, in the seventh round, in the eighth round. Some people got him even later than that. And he's a plug and play borderline RB1 at this point. Which uh, is I wish something... I just held on to that pick. Yep. Very, very, very rare. Will, 
Sucks to be you. It also sucks to be you because you traded me, Alan Lazard. And people thought Alan Lazard was going to be good this year. The, the the only real receiving threat for the Packers at this point in time, right? Because we didn't know what Dobbs was going to do. We Christian did... Watson's been a wash at this point. Yeah, but he, he missed week one and week two was uh, acclimation week. Since week three, he hasn't seen any less than six targets. He has four touchdowns on the season. Alan Lazard has been a surprising beacon of consistency out of your wide receiver two, wide receiver three slot. Especially where he was drafted. Oh, absolutely. Uh, just for context, he was drafted uh, seven, in the seventh round in one league. Let's see where he was drafted in another league. The league that matters most is what I'm doing because that I consider still consider to be, even though we have goddamn Kyle in this league now, to be one of our more competitive leagues. Oh, absolutely. Alan Lazard was drafted in the eighth round in this league. So to get a, again, a incredible value pick for Alan Lazard, you plug and play wide receiver three every single week. He's battering, he's battling an injury. Keep an eye on that, but he's been great all season long. And Kravit, the traditional line of thought has always been the standard rule is you take a running back in the first round because you get that stud running back. But if you're one of the people that drafted one of the three pretty much lock round one wide receivers, you have been rewarded. So MVPs include Cooper Cup, Stefan Diggs, and Justin Jefferson, all three having outstanding starts of the year and fully justifying, you know, taking them. I and think Justin Jefferson, sorry to cut you off, but Justin yeah. Jefferson weeks two and three was abysmal. It happens. He was not good, and he's still over 130 points on the season. Cup and Diggs have over 150 they have mm -hmm. yet to have a bad game, but the fact that Justin Jefferson literally had games where he had four and five points and is still rocking 130 goes to show how beast he is. Yeah, the only other wide receiver on their level is surprisingly Tyreek Hill, who also is right around 150 fantasy points in the season. And I think really the only player outscoring these wide receivers as far as most of the players taken in the first round is i think austin eckler who you mentioned earlier yeah, we've so already talked that, him up we don't gotta talk exactly about so anymore. so given that situation you really can't really say anything about it whatsoever at all good value there for those guys and kravit you can't say enough about josh allen uh, it's not fair the man is literally a cheat code we were talking talking shit because he was taking the first round in the draft that league in the league that matters most. And while I still think it was not the best pick, this is going to hurt me to say this, and I don't think I'm ever going to live it down. So I'm debating whether or not I should say it. Oh, no. It might not have been the worst pick I've seen this year. Might oh, boy. Interesting. Pick. Okay, then. Might not be. I mean, dude's scoring leaps and bounds over everybody else, right? Mm-hmm. Like, 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 outside of position players, like... Josh Allen is the end-all and be-all. The dude has 187 fantasy points through seven weeks of the season. His worst game is 23 and a half points. I'm going to say that again. His worst game on the season, 23 and a half points. Absolutely disgusting. And if you drafted him where he was supposed to be drafted in maybe the third or fourth round, you could have paired him with guys like Cooper Cup or Justin Jefferson or Austin Eckler, and you would be literally unstoppable. Well, I kind of got lucky in one league, although the team decimated by injuries to Hall, Swift before this. Waller's my tight end has been out all year. Don't worry, I'll take Josh Allen from you. 
I don't have Josh Allen, but what I did have was Patrick Mahomes in the sixth round, who is statistically the number one quarterback in spite of all of Josh Allen's greatness. I think this is a six-point touchdown league. That's probably uh, why numbers may be a little off as far as the standard league. But Patrick Mahomes is the leading point scorer on the season in this format, which is absolutely ridiculous. I actually want to check what it looks like in a four-point because I think this league is six point touchdown. It is six points. So in a four point, I'm I'm looking it up right now for okay. you as well. I got it. Don't worry. Okay. He's ranked number two, right, right behind, behind Josh him. Allen. Okay, so right there. Um, the issue with Mahomes is if it's really an issue. Will, can you believe he had two weeks where he had 17 points back to back? Terrible, horrible, horrible. no horrible, good. terrible, no good, very bad. Kravit, I just I want I want you to understand something. As we get into our LVPs, one guy that I believe you mentioned was with all the hype around him, especially being drafted early, was Justin Herbert. I, w- I really want this to sink in. Daniel Jones has six less points than him on the season. Ugh. Let let that really get inside your head and think that a quarterback that was probably not even drafted is Ugh. six points less on the season Ugh. than Justin Herbert. Like I don't, I don't, I don't like this game. I don't like it here anymore. No, that that can't be true. That cannot be real. Nope. Justin Herbert, one hundred and twenty-five point three points. Daniel Jones, one hundred and nineteen point two points. That is busted. Mostly because Daniel Jones has run for three hundred forty-three yards and three rushing touchdowns. Absolutely, insanely busted. <laughs> Which is crazy, and also the fact that Daniel Jones has more points on the season than Tom Brady. Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy Garoppolo, Russell Wilson, who's also on our LVP list, Tua. Like, what is happening? <laughs> Some of those guys you mentioned are hurt, right? What Wentz was, was, has been good. Well, now at, now at, he's at, missed a game, yes. Yeah, he's missed a game. But also, Wentz started out like a house of fire. So, like, he, he was doing okay for a little bit there. Like, it, it hurts to think about. And the fact that even though I called it at that Hooters four years ago, I started the chant that people next to us hated it. We got the pick anyway. It can't be a meme if he ends up being good. So for the sake of the meme, I need Daniel Jones to take it down a notch. I need Najee Harris to step right the fuck up. <laughs> he has been, without a doubt, the most disappointing potential RB1 on the season. Mm. You have other guys who are older. You have guys like Dalvin Cook. You have guys like Alvin Kamara who wasn't supposed to play this year because he had all those allegations with the gentleman he punched in Vegas. And he could still see some ramifications towards that, although it's looking more and more likely that won't happen until next season or later. But Najee Harris, with all of the opportunities he was supposed to get with either Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky starting a quarterback, with Deontay Johnson in a Claypool on the other side with the emergence of George Pickens. Najee Harris has been nothing short of the ultimate disappointment at running back for me this year. I did call this one. You did. A lot of people called it. You were absolutely one of them. Horrible offensive line. You stack the box. He gets four yards. The man, like you said earlier on in the season, is looking like a Trent Richardson clone. The AFC North cannot draft a running back to save its life. I mean, I, there's definitely, it's not an indictment on him as far as his career, but just this year with the uncertainty at quarterback, with the uncertainty of the offensive line, I did not like his chances. I figured even with that defense, which has not had uh, TJ Watt, completely different defense, even with that defense, they're going to be behind a lot of games and it's going to be a lot more as far as the value to the wide receivers. I did not think Najee was going to have a good year and 
Unfortunately, I guess I've been we've been proven right, the people that thought like me in this. I was also proven horrifically wrong about AJ Dillon. Horrifically wrong. Yeah, and I bought into it a little bit too. If Najee Harris didn't exist, he would be the ultimate disappointment in running back for me. Mm. And I know you have another tasty one who's a who could be a disappoint ultimate disappointment as well. But AJ Dillon started out like a house of fire, had 20 points week one. Hasn't broken double digits since. Well, that's more of an indictment, I think, on that entire offense. And he had four carries for 15 yards against the Commanders. Well, he is the backup running back, and he, he wasn't the backup running back last year. And he, going he was into, going into the season. Lafleur said he wanted a minimum of 15 touches for each guy, which is fine. That's not a backup running back. That's like a 60-40 split. So I guess technically he's the quote-unquote backup, but that's a committee. Now he can't break five touches a game. And I took him in the early fifth. That's where he. That's what his ADP was. I took him over guys like Ramondre Stevenson, who's having a great year. Guys yeah. like K. Dub. Guys like Damian Pierce. Josh Jacobs only went a few picks before he did. AJ Dillon has been a colossal disappointment on my team. It just hasn't like, been pretty. Just like Brandon Cooks has. Brandon Cooks has been a colossal disappointment for my team. Well, you figured they'd be able to kind of run it back the way they did last year. But I don't know if it's Mills himself. I don't know if it's the play calling. But they are not throwing it anywhere near what they were doing towards the end of last year. And so Cooks' value has kind of gone down. Nico Collins' value, everyone thought he was going to make a jump. He was not doing anything. And then on top of it, he is now hurt as well. They were getting nothing from their tight ends after week one. It's all Damian Pierce. That is their entire offense right now. That's fine with me. I have him in more than enough leagues to be happy about it. But the one league I had Brandon Cooks in is the league that matters most. And I pray to Shiva that come November 1st, he is on a different team. Whether it be the Packers, who it probably won't be because they don't trade for wide receivers. Depending on the injury to DK Metcalf, maybe the Seahawks are like, oh, wow, we're actually sort of decent now. Yeah, Maybe think, we uh, need a wide receiver. Will that happen? Absolutely not. But let a boy chick dream. There are enough opportunities out there for Brandon Cooks to be traded. I'm just praying that it happens. Mm, yep, it, it definitely could happen. JT, Jonathan Taylor, was the number one overall pick in almost every draft. He did get hurt the last two weeks, but overall, even the games he has played, as the number one overall pick, he's only gone over 20 points once. He has been held under 10 points two out of the five games that he has played in, and that is not number one pick kind of status. And we all got caught up in everything he did last year and didn't see the trends that were before us, the offensive line regressing a little bit, the quarterback play regressing around him, and yikes. Hold on. I have a I have a stat for you here real quick. Sure. I'm trying to find it. Oh, I thought you had this. No, okay. no, 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 no. I have it in front of me. Okay. On January 22nd in the Lord's year of 2022, there was a post in the fantasy football subreddit warning fantasy football shareholders of JT and Najee Harris that running backs who received 370 touches or more one season, the next season, horrible. Interesting. This data goes all the way back to 2007. And uh, this is user Fun2Sun6 who posted this nine months ago. So I, I, I don't want to be the guy to take that away from nope. him. I don't, I'm, I'm not about stealing credit. I, I'm, I'm, I'm giving credit to the artist here. Yeah, nope. Someone else did the research, and mm-hmm. we all should have listened. And that's pretty much it. Um, I, 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 I want to go into it a little bit. I'm going to give history. 
Okay, fine. Give some history. History History is important. Clinton Portis had 370 touches in 2008 for 1,705 yards. 2009, he broke down, injured 133 touches for only 550 yards. David Johnson had 373 touches in 2016, over 2,000 all-purpose yards. We know what happened to him in 2017. He was shit. Le'Veon Bell in 2017, over 400 in touches, 1,950 yards. The year after that, he sat out. 2019, he had 311 touches, only 1,250 all-purpose yards. Christian McCaffrey in 2019, 403 touches, almost 2,400 all-purpose yards. 2020, he broke down. Derek Henry, Derek Henry. 397 touches in 2020. 2021, he got hurt. He broke down. He was killing it, but he broke down and got hurt. So Najee Harris and JT, this could have been foretold. Too many touches a year before, you break down, you get hurt. You're not as good. I don't think these guys train enough. I don't think they're in enough shape. They should be able to handle this workload. Listen, if they like were the guys the peak, of your, if, if they were in peak physical condition like me and you, we wouldn't be having this discussion. That's true. That is very, very true. This, th- I, I want you to take this one because I feel like this is your ultimate disappointment. Which one? the This one or this one? No, the one immediately okay. under Jonathan Taylor. Uh, well, for a lot of people, you look at the physical nature of this individual. You look at his talent, his skill level. Kyle Pitts should be theoretically in the conversation with Kelsey, with Andrews, as far as top tight ends in the league but he just i i get that he's a good blocker he gets held in the block a lot he does not get enough targets and quite frankly that's becoming very evident with the atlanta falcons offense in general as they are not seemingly letting Mariota throw they are not just a run heavy team they are an emphatically run heavy team but kyle pitts he was being drafted in between rounds four and five in most leagues i can't really see another you know Big, big disappointment from a tight end position that needs more guys to step up and for him to just completely fall off has been horrible. I'm sorry. I just received a trade offer from Ryan A and I'm Uh, going off. So if you'll excuse me. Oh, by the way, this is a a gentleman in a league that we're in between him and this one other person. They provide us with much entertainment with the trade offers that come by. Would you like to hear it? Sure. This is a dynasty league, mind you. I was offered Jeff Wilson, Elijah Mitchell, Tyrion Davis-Price, a late 2024-1, and Romeo Dobbs. So five pieces for Isaiah Pacheco, Isaiah Likely, and Chris Olave. Why? I would not trade Chris Olave for Jeff Wilson, Elijah Mitchell, Romeo Dobbs, Tyrion Davis-Price, and what would essentially be the last pick in the first round of the 2024 draft in a 14-team league. Not even a 12-team league, a 14-team league. The, the people in this specific league, I really, really wonder what, why they think people would make these trades. Now, here's the problem. I came into this league a year after it was created. I took over a team. I pretty much turned over roughly half the team. This individual seems to have way more talent on his roster than he should because for some reason he was able to get these people mm-hmm. to agree to trades like the one that was just offered to you. Yep. I don't know how, but if he assumes that everyone is as dense as those people were before some other people took over, I, I Lord help anyone who thinks these are good trades. And like, I'm tanking in that league. So maybe the excuse is you're tanking. Maybe you'll give up good guys. Why would I give up a young wide receiver on a team that's tanking where I have three picks in the first 10? 
And one of them is going to be a top two pick. Will it be Bijan? I'm hoping, but if it's not, I have picks two or pick three or pick four. Like, well, apparently, I'm not that far behind you either. Oh, you, did you just get one? No, uh, I just mean record wise. Like, I was supposed to be doing okay, but then uh, injuries galore, and my team is only six and eight, and oh, I'm dangerous. trending more towards the back of the pack than the front. Do Do you want to try to get better? I have Jalen Hurts here. Eh, I'm trying to decide. My team is very top heavy, so I may just kind of. Hey, I got I got Jets running back James Robinson on this roster, baby. I ain't going nowhere but up. Well, my team was doomed. I probably should have uh, played for next year anyway. I had DeAndre Hopkins on six game suspension. I had DeAndre Swift out for the last oh, few weeks. Yeah, you should. You definitely I lost, should have played. I lost Javonta Williams. Oof. And then Melvin not Oof. holding up his end. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Melvin, don't yeah. want to cut you off, but for our last LVP, the least of all least valuable players. We couldn't narrow it down to just one. We had to combine them and make them a team. The Denver Broncos have come into the year with so much hype. The the AFC West is going to be the best division of all time. Russell Wilson at the hem. Broncos country, let's ride. Broncos country, let's die. The Broncos have been absolutely awful. Jerry Judy. A highly tatted wide receiver coming out of school had his best game of the year this past weekend with Brett Rippon as the starting quarterback against the New York Jets. I don't know where to begin. Obviously, Javante Williams getting hurt sucks. Horrible. And that kind of takes a big thing. But from week one to now, nothing has changed. They are literally, I think, the worst offense in the NFL. Russell Wilson has been atrocious. Jerry Judy hasn't done anything really until this week. Cortland Sutton, who has been up and down a little bit, disappeared. Melvin Gordon forgot, went from RB18 last year to can barely stay on the field and beat out Latavius Murray. Albert O, who we were hyping going into the season, is basically not playing. The rookie Dolchich has come on. Ooh, that's another guy you could add if he's still available. I doubt he is. But in general, every aspect of that offense has been historically bad. Like, they have not been this bad in... 35 plus years back when the NFL was much more defensive heavy. It has been historically bad. It's It's been terrible. It, it's no fun to be a fan of Denver. It's really fun to be a fan of teams that play against Denver. Yes. Except when you're the Jets who lose everything in that game. I would have rather lost the game. I would Same. absolutely straight the game for a minor knee injury and he's out a week and then let's go for the rest of the year. But just horrible. But let's leave the problems in Denver right. with Denver. They they have to stay with those problems. Okay. And then, um, yeah, they're going to play in London. Good 930 a.m. Sunday morning game this mm-hmm. week. And, you know, we, we really don't have too much time left for this week. Kind of going through the mid. Obviously, Kravit, if you're a team at this point and you had an injury like a Brees Hall or, you know, CMC getting traded ruins your running back situation if you had the San Francisco running backs. You know, at this point in the year, if you're a top team, do you like panic and try to trade one of your better pieces to kind of reset your lineup? Or do you kind of just try to figure it out? Oh, man, it's tough. Because I'm currently in that, you know, conundrum myself. I say try to figure it out. If you have a lot of nice pieces, you don't want to you don't want to ruin what you've got. Mm-hmm. Like me, I ruined what I had. Don't be me. Don't ever be me. Mm. 
I think that's my parting gift to the class today. Don't <laughs> ever be me. But you can be somebody who follow us on Twitter at BNK Radio or Facebook.com backslash BNK Radio. You could absolutely do that, and I would be eternally grateful for your service. Kravit, let's yeah. do let's have a few conversations, shall we? Do we have to? Well, we don't have to, but I'm gonna let's let's <laughs> play a little game, shall we? Uh, let's play a game. Yes, absolutely. Rest of season. Yeah. Who would you rather have? Mm-hmm. Would you rather have Geno Smith or Kyler Murray? I think you just broke my brain. Is what? It, would you rather is have that a question? Geno Smith or Kyler Murray? I think Ky- I'd still rather have Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, 132 points on the season. Geno Smith, 125. I think I'd still rather have Kyler Murray. I'm not paying for them. I'm not trading for either of them. If you're asking me which one I would rather trade for, I would tell you neither because I'm not trading for a quarterback. But if I had to choose one for the remainder of the season, you get DeAndre Hopkins back. Hollywood's eventually going to come off IR. Zach Ertz has had a very productive season. James Conner is going to eventually get better. Eno Benjamin has filled in very admirably in his absence. It's 100% Kyler Murray. What else you got for me? I'm just saying Call of Duty hasn't come out yet. It may change in a few weeks. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Rest of season, Justin Fields or Zach Wilson? Justin Fields. Okay, that was pretty easy. Absolutely, Justin Fields. Toss you a lamp. Let's see what we got else. Would you rather have Miles Sanders or Antonio Gibson? Hmm. I think I would still rather have Miles Sanders. Pretty much identical point totals to this point in the really? season. Um, well, Gibson, Miles Sanders, 87. Antonio Gibson, 84. Well, Gibson has an entire game on Sanders. Also true. Yeah. I, I but Sanders, say, but Sanders hasn't really also been like a model of consistency. But also, he doesn't have a guy like Robinson taking carries away. I understand that. I completely get it. But I would still much rather have Miles Miles Sanders. That is fair. Um, Also, at the halfway point of the season, I would like to formally apologize to anyone that was a Gabe Davis believer. I was wrong. I hope you're enjoying him. But I was not going to take that chance. Speaking of apologies. Yes. Will, while you were off being a Jew, we had somebody on the show who made a horrific suggestion. Uh, Ah, yes, I I believe I recall. And and I hope nobody listened to that suggestion. I'm not going to mention names. I'm not going to mention who was suggested to be dropped. But I apologize on behalf of my family. Never again will a, a suggestion like that be said on our airwaves. And if they are, they will be met with a lot more resistance than they were. And they were still met with some resistance, but there will be more resistance to be had. Uh, Sam, we, we, we take such matters very, very seriously. We try of to course. clean them up in-house. Uh, Kravit, before we go, I, yeah. I, I'd be remiss to not have a little bit of fun and say there is a, at this point in time, considering injuries and whatnot certain people i would consider for midway point comeback player of the year okay and you know there's guys that have had you know good seasons better than uh previous seasons but there's one person in particular that i'd be remiss if i did not mention because currently he is a starting running back in the nfl and he took the job from another guy a team signed in the offseason kravitz the Miami Dolphins starting running back, Mr. Raheem Mostert. Uh, you son of a bitch. I knew it was going to come eventually. I knew it was going to happen eventually. And while healthy, he's great. It's just a matter of him staying healthy. That's the problem. So you're saying it's a matter of what? Yes, unfortunately. And when that happens, and I don't know when it'll happen, you will be very sad. I, I will be sad, but I am happy to see that he is, you know, at least, you know, doing okay. 
So that, all right, whatever. whatever. Did did you go to the lab? Did 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 you set something up real quick or no? No, I, we didn't have time for the lab this week. Okay. I did not well, have I, enough time I, I, to I'll, prepare. I'll tell the people who I've got just because okay. it's sitting in front of me. PJ Walker, Raheem Mostert, I hate you. Oh, Tony, Tony Pollard, DJ Moore to stack with PJ Walker against Atlanta. George Pickens, Tyler Lockett, Zach Ertz, Devontae Adams in the Washington Commanders defense. Not bad. Not bad at all whatsoever. Zero dollars left over, and I just actually entered my first contest of the year with that lineup. Oh, boy. So That's gonna I'll, be a big I'll definitely one. try to find one and set one up later. Kravitz, I wish you nothing but sincere luck this week. I hope we have a 160 to 55 win for myself. So I hope your team does well. I just hope mine does slightly better. Well, um, I, I, I don't believe you. <laughs> I, I, I think you You're... will... I think you want to kick the living uh, urine. I think you want to kick the living urine out of me. You want to defecate all over my season, all over my existence in that league. Well, your team has struggled the last few weeks. I think we will uh, correct. Like I know they struggled last week, but has it been a few weeks in a row? Or no, I won. I, I went on a two-game losing streak, won a game, and then I just lost again. Okay. Well, overall, you're projected to beat me. Your team yeah, this week. We know looks, projections mean nothing. We know, but uh, this week your team looks a little bit more formidable than mine. As I'm starting some people that I wish I could not start this week, but uh, you know we'll see how it goes, and we'll be able to update the people come next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kravit, we also did our first week of fantasy basketball. Did you win your matchup? <laughs> I lost five to four in mine, <laughs> and very close. So unfortunately. <laughs> I did I'm not still win this. No, I did not win. I okay. Not. So you got you got crushed then. I did. I did. Indeed. Okay. Uh so we're we're both losers in that. So we can bond over that. Um we'll be Great. back next Tuesday for another episode of Billy and the Krev. And in the meantime, happy Halloween, everybody. I concede. Oh, that, that's not fair. 